So I, I could write a letter that says, when I fill my tank to this level with crayon <laughs> and this magic marker level of water, we're good. I suggest you give it a shot. <laughs> I suggest you give it a I send my crayons and magic markers out for certification once a year. So. <laughs> Fisher-Price certificate of calibration comes back. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Still Talking Podcast, our reverent distilling industry podcast with Colton Zeno and myself, Brian. Today we have guest... I guessed it's Tyler. That's the, all the intro you're getting. Howdy. Anonymous Tyler. That's it? Just Tyler? That's it. Do you want more? You need <laughs> No, more I don't. That? I just, I guess we're not doing the anonymous thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I was going to call you Deep Throat the whole time. <laughs> I, choosing that name, actually, it did occur to me. Yeah, I mean, I was told this was a scandal podcast. Pure scandal. Yeah, I mean... Colton and I discussed that possibility. I do not recall agreeing to it, but uh, you know, here we are talking but about it. I it guess it was discussed. So. <laughs> I'll admit it was discussed in brief. That's as far as you'll go, especially since we're dropping your full name now. It's Tyler. Uh, how do you pronounce it, Deerheim? Durheim, Yeah, okay, pretty close. Durheim. Tyler, you were with Five by Five. Thank you for being guest. Why are you here and not being anonymous, which every guest should be automatically anonymous for this show. But, uh... I'm anonymous on this show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm here because I uh, I met Colton on a job and we kind of hit it off. I think I'm, I'm willing to say. And he invited me uh, onto the podcast. And It's definitely not embarrassing that Tyler's job is to come in and clean up totally screwed up reporting systems when someone's fucked it so bad. That they can't fix it themselves. So it was clearly a job that Colton was working on. Yeah. yeah. In charge of he was he was more involved than that. Yeah. <laughs> How many of your jobs is Colton specifically involved in? I mean, could we find a quick now we're getting into proprietary info? I don't know if I can go there. Fair, fair. Yeah, give us a quick uh rundown of what is your day-to-day job. Um I started with five by five back in uh April. And I am the professional services consultant. And what that means is I use my experience having worked in a whole bunch of roles at DSPs um, to help DSPs large and small in all kinds of phases with largely reporting and compliance projects, but also um, everything from formulation to SOPs, business planning, um, pretty much pretty much the whole gamut. I've been fortunate enough to um, have experience in quite a few different DSP related fields. And, uh, a lot of my day to day is, is really fixing people's reporting. Um, but I'm doing more and more, uh, onsite consults, um, like where I met Colton, um, helping people with a little more, uh, deeper issues involving inventory and, uh, stuff that you really just gotta be there to fix. Turns out you can't just say all of your inventory equals one and send that to the government you can no you you can do that it's just there are repercussions (laughs) you just go straight to jail so so you're the guy that nobody wants to see really i i like to think that i'm the guy that you see instead of that guy or the guy that prepares you for that guy whatever you need to tell yourself to sleep (laughs) (laughs) i i am a, a 
compliance regulatory nerd. I, I read the CFRs and um, follow follow the changes and all of that. Um, which, yeah, I mean, you, you got to be some kind of a glutton for punishment to sign up for that. No doubt about it. For me, the big satisfying part of the job is just actually helping people not go through the pain that I went through, figuring things out the hard way, you know, working yeah. in various positions. So I can't go back and undo that pain, but I can help other people avoid it. And when they say, thanks, that was great. I feel so much better. I can sleep now. I had a client say, oh, I, I can't answer right now. I'm on the first vacation I've taken since I started my distillery because I'm so relaxed since our conversation. Uh, that kind of thing is real nice. This is starting to sound like a five by five sound. Uh, sales you, pitch. you can cut that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all know that we're we're here to talk about drams. Uh, if you don't know, drams is owned by the same parent company. So I do. That's why we're here to talk about it. I think we should all be using it. <laughs> drams is fantastic software. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's like a minimal hundred grand onboarding, so you know every distillery can afford it. Oh, amazing. price for the craft market. Yep, <laughs> price for the craft market. Yeah. I'm going to raise capital just for that. <laughs> you you would need a couple rounds, yeah. Well, well, so I guess why don't you tell us a little bit about um, you, you know while we were talking, you told me how you got into it and why you know so much about the codes and regulations. Yeah. Um, I got hired at a startup um, rectifier DSP, so a non-distilling producer um, here in California, and uh, pretty much was was an early hire and had no experience in the industry aside from you know working in some wineries in Europe, and uh, had to just quickly spin up and figure out how you're supposed to actually blend and proof and <laughs> bottle and label. Um, so I, I went from a role just kind of formulating um, into a, running the lab, um, doing a lot of bench distillation for obscured spirits and um, formula, more, more and more formulation. Um, I did a lot of production in that role. I was responsible for obviously all of the um, compliance and reporting and figuring out how to how to ship legally, you know, direct to retailer in the state, which was a, one of the privileges of the rectifier. Um, so we were a producer distributing direct to retailer in, in pretty large numbers with a, a lot of SKUs. Um, and we started growing pretty fast and big. So I just had to, had to learn those lessons and figure it out. And it was, it was one of those places where a client can come in and say, I want, I want lucky charms, marshmallow spirit with my only... own custom label on it. And I want 15 <laughs> cases of it. No problem. We yeah, got you. do my formula for free. Do the cola. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Midwest distillers. Yeah. <laughs> Gallo. <laughs> um, is it Gallo? It's Gallo. He just confirmed it's Gallo. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> Let's call it Gallo. <laughs> um, so what, what are the typical problems that you think is like the most common problem people are having? What you see the most that gets fucked up the most? Probably, uh, first, I I wouldn't quite use quite that word to describe um, my clients. I I do like them, and they're not in that terrible of a situation. But uh, often, uh, we've got unmet reporting obligations, I would say, is the number one one issue. Uh, People who have gaps or inconsistencies, small and large, in their federal reports. um, Often due to, you know, the person who was doing the reports left, um, and nobody knew how to 
replace him in the short term, and then that just created a snowball effect. Uh, that's that's pretty typical. Uh, very rarely, in fact, never do I find you know malicious intent behind somebody's uh, reporting discrepancies. I've I haven't encountered anyone who's. But you're you're saying you have. No, no. At first, I was thinking no, no, really. I haven't even been asked. Um, everybody's got good intentions, and luckily, TTB does respond to those. They really want to just get you into compliance. Right. So it's just good-natured ignorance on the part of industry professionals like us. Good old-fashioned distillers ignorance. (laughs) So essentially, you come in, you sit down, you're looking through things, someone's looking over your shoulder, and they're just hoping you don't just start going, oh, no. Oh, no. So essentially, that's (laughs) the first part of your day. It's not unlike that. Yeah. (laughs) Folks generally have to be in a complete panic by the time they'll consider hiring a consultant. Um, So a lot of it is is peeling folks off the ceiling. And, um, you know, Colton referenced earlier TTB jail. Um, That's not a thing. So you're not going to go to TTB jail. (laughs) Just uh, just, you know. Get your reporting fixed. And you're going to be right. okay. That's right. They shoot first. It's it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ask questions later. Well, the ATF does not have a great history. <laughs> Understandable why you might think that. <laughs> Please tell us exactly who this happened to and happened that the tax implications were too much to overcome by your findings, and they had a big issue. Did that um, ever happen? Let me ask you if happened. that ever happened. Hasn't happened. Ah, uh, yeah. I've encountered something like that in my um, solo career prior to five by five. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, so don't let it get too out of hand where, you know, because penalties add up. I, I th- that's how I understand it. <laughs> Taxes and penalties will compound and add up. If one, once you get on TTB's bad side. Yeah. They'll yeah, hit you they shoot that. first. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We joke about TTB, but you're right. They tend to have a weirdly good, like, reputation within the industry of being receptive to distillers reaching out, talking to them about potential problems that may crop up. Like they're, they're usually not out to get people. So I want to know a little bit more about your relationship with TTB and how often, like, how does that relationship develop as you come in, you find a mistake, do you just immediately reach out to them? Do you get all your ducks in a row first? And how do they respond to you as a consultant? Are they pretty open to just working with you and fixing the problem? Um, my experience was that TTB is more open to responding to DSPs than they are to consultants on their own. Um, okay. I had an easier time getting an answer, which makes sense. That's the industry that pays them and that they serve. Um, so it can be a little more challenging for me to get a reply. Uh, my general strategy is is to get the ducks in the row, um, submit the corrected amended reporting if you need to do it, and and wait. You know, if you're operating under good faith, discovering a discrepancy and correcting it, um, to me, you don't necessarily need to tell the TTB about that unless you discover, you know, something very large, uh, something glaring that is required to be reported by law. Great. That's actually the soundbite I needed. Zeno, go ahead and cut the part out where he says you don't need to tell tell the TTB and let's just make that the episode. Let's cut this and wrap it. Thanks, Tyler. You don't need to tell the TTB. That's the title of the episode. <laughs> I'd, I'd say uh, you should be worried, but TTB doesn't listen to this. You're fine. <laughs> no. Do you have friends? Do you make friends? Do you have like your go-to people at the TTB? Uh, no. 
like I said, they're not that interested in talking to me. Um, I've, I've talked to the same guy a handful of times at formulation just because I've had to do so much awkward stuff with formulation, um, the director there, but no, I can't say that I have any, uh, any relationship really. Mm. It'd be nice. But on the other hand, they all got to follow the regs. We're working from the same book. You say, you know, so you referenced the formulation, what makes it odd or difficult? Oh, I was just doing, you know, highly sugared and flavored things, um, accelerated maturation, um, stuff, stuff that just ends up requiring formulas when you wouldn't otherwise expect it or that requires complex formulas. Hmm. Squirrel. No, not squirrel. <laughs> I know, but that's just something that we mentioned squirrel once. And yeah, they said they, something to us. Oh, they did? Yeah, they're like, please don't use our name on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they sent us a cease and desist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's just say we had to talk to some government regulators. To... <laughs> um, no, they did say something. They like they loved it. They loved it but we were actually calling it squirrel. Mm-hmm. Oh, we were. We were as a joke because we tend squirrel. to make jokes on here and uh, they're not very good, but we make them. And yeah. That's that. So that's why I brought that up. God, um, that was a good callback. I haven't thought about Squirrel in a long time. We need to like. Has anyone used them? This is a total aside, Tyler. But you're wrapped into mm-hmm. this now. You're locked. This in is now the Squirrel podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm fascinated. Yeah. I I don't know anyone that used it. I would like to know. This is really bad for Squirrel. I'm sorry, Squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we got to reach out. I, I know them. They're nice people. I don't think I've seen it at a convention since they kind of debuted it, but it's got to be out there. It's a secret sleeper like hit. We're going to find out. Yeah, because you know how much we all love accelerated barrel aging on this podcast. <laughs> that's that's why we started the podcast, just to talk about it. Just figure it out. Get it done in, in five days. Yeah. What, what's like a, a rule that most people don't know that you come in you're like oh well you should have been doing this the whole time and over and over you see that same mistake again it'd probably be proofing engaging that's that's the main thing that people don't do right um it's hard to do right that and maybe case serials and fill checks on the bottling side that was the one that got me i didn't know that you're supposed to continually do serial numbers yeah it's it's a pretty irritating requirement. So wait, how are people messing up gauging? Oh, how are like what's the what are they doing wrong when they're gauging? Um, for me, the big one is instead of putting a tote on a floor scale and reading the weight, they look at the gallon line marking and, and like a graduation declare, on a tote. Yeah, just declare that there's that th- that they drew in crayon. Mm-hmm. No, no. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah. I've seen that and worse. Hey, floor scales, everyone, and listener, everyone. Squirrel. (laughs) Get a floor scale. (laughs) Get floor scale. Get lot of floor scale. Floor scale. Uh, This podcast is brought to you by Uline for all your floor scale needs. I don't know where else to get them. I can't remember the name of the floor. We have so many cease and desists on the wall. I mean, I can't wait to add more. I just bring up random sponsors on every episode now. Someone's eventually is going to get us in trouble. Yeah, we send them a clip of us talking about it and send it to their billing department and be like, hey, we haven't got our sponsorship payment yet. Uline, what the hell is going on? 
Stop giving me fucking tape guns and pay me for this sponsorship. Just kidding. Don't ever stop giving me tape guns, Uline. I would definitely do an in-kind trade with Uline. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's all the shrink wrap that you could ever need. The balls in your court. Wow, that really got sidetracked. But tell us more about what you do at 5 by 5 specifically. So, like... Tell us your day-to-day there. Tell us some of the things that distillers should know and can benefit from whatever the hell you do at 5 by 5 Yeah, I mean, I offer uh, free 20-minute consults, so a good portion of my day is, is folks taking advantage of those. Um, I'm often working on you know report reconstruction on a remote basis if I'm not doing an on-site. Um, things distillers could also benefit from, hmm... Check out check out the blog. I mean, I've been posting there for a few months now, and I'm really trying. It's not it's not nearly as advertising laden as you might think. I'm actually trying to trying to help people out. Um, talk about uh, inventory, about proofing, engaging a lot. Um, density meters, which um, I think is a topic a lot of distillers and distilleries could could definitely learn a little more about. Um, I think they've got a good place, um, even in smaller shops. Um, Agreed. Unless you have people that break them, <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. Are you saying we shouldn't use the five dollar hydrometers as our proofing yeah. engaging? I get, yeah, I get all my hydrometers from Uline. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I've I've seen that too. It, it happens. Now, for your twenty minute consultations, is it a hard stop at twenty minutes? You could be in the middle of the most important sentence they'll ever hear. And yeah, it it's just like, Teams is programmed to cut out with my mouth gaping open. Even you know, <laughs> it's a good look. No, it, it's it's not quite like that. We'll we'll go we'll go long if we need to a little bit. If you have a screenshot, well, you can use that as the artwork <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, when you're talking about hydrometers. How often are people sending out their good hydrometers to be calibrated? Um, that's an interesting topic because doing that's more expensive than buying a new one that has a calibration cert. So that is the unfortunately non-sustainable but fiscally responsible answer. Um, don't do it. Just buy a new Love one. It. Don't Love it. Love <laughs> it. With, with that said, um, that, this is actually a part of the CFR that um, I don't really like. It just says that you have to um, have it recalibrated like some kind of so it says something like a competent authority or a lab or something um, on a regular basis or frequently. It's just got it's total weasel words meaninglessness. So what that means is any TTV agent can define you know frequently to mean whatever they want. As a practical matter, one once a year is the is the rule of thumb that I've heard. If you want to, that's right. what Cream Fun Factory used to do. Yeah, they used to actually send out all their hydrometers mm-hmm. once a year. That's that's kind of the common knowledge. Yeah. But I wonder how much it cost them. Who cares? Uh, they just threw money down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be a, a, you know, a couple hundred bucks per. And um, when you add that up, that's kind of the, one of the points I like to make, is when you add up that research over time and compare it to the cost, especially of a used density meter, um, it only takes a few years for the density meter to make more sense. Do you have a density meter of preference? Um, I do personally. Yeah. I like, uh, I like the Rudolph research analytical instrument. Okay. Um, it's, it's it, from Uline. 
It's also yeah. from New Line. Yeah, free pallet scale with every order. It's what, it's the distillery special. I'm just waiting to order my weed on New Line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I live in Louisiana. You can't do that here. Yeah. That's why you have to buy it from Rudolph. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, Rudolph. Wait, this is a family company. That's a family company, right? It's a family sure company. Is. Yeah. Yep. They're uh, they're good folks, and you know, so yeah. are the folks at Anton Parr. I, I don't. Both instruments will will get you there. I mean, there's a third one, Mettler. Um, has anyone seen a Mettler Parr instrument in a distillery? I have not. I have seen their floor scales, however. Yeah, uh, I have a bunch of their. I have a bunch of their floor scales. Yeah, yeah. I do too. Yeah. Fine manufacturers. I just have not have yet to see them make a sale in the distillery space. I'm sure they have. Just haven't seen it. So, do you think we'll ever convince the TTB that the handhelds are good enough? No, basically, no, no. no. Remember Chris Beatty? We did an HPLC method with sucrose in a ethanol standard, which I'm like, this is way better than any <laughs> hydrometer, mm-hmm. right? For a liqueur, I'm like, this is way closer, way more down, and that's not certified by TTB either. That's true, but one of the beauties of the way the CFR is written for distilled spirits plants is that and many other areas um, you're allowed to request a variance so if you have a process that yields results for proofing comparable or better than the standard and if you can demonstrate that with a relatively small number of data points you just write a letter to your tt to i think it's the scientific services division or your agent it's one of the two and you can get approval for either site-wide or product specific approval for using alternate proofing methods so I, I could write a letter that says, when I fill my tank to this level with crayon <laughs> and this magic marker level of water, we're good. I suggest you give it a shot. <laughs> I suggest you give it a I send my crayons and magic markers out for certification once a year. So. <laughs> Fisher-Price certificate of calibration comes back. Yeah. Uh. You shake it in a mason jar and say, nice bead. Yeah. <laughs> nice bead. Hell fire. <laughs> yeah, nice bead. Um, uh, that didn't, uh, yeah, okay, so uh, Cream Fun Factory did that with an alkalizer, mm-hmm. um, which was, I don't know who made that. but yeah, Alkalizer so like that, is, is Anton Parr. Is that Anton Parr? Mm. Was it an, yeah, it was Anton Parr, yeah. That, um. Yeah, so they had one that was specifically, it's, it's what you're talking about, that particular piece of equipment mm-hmm. was in within tolerance. So I wonder, and I, not that I have an HPLC or an alkalizer, or hell, even a handheld density meter anyways, because people break them. <laughs> um, did Does Mettler Toledo, you said, do they make a handheld? They do, is also. It, is it a benchtop? Okay. Yeah, um, that's one that I've, I don't think I've even seen that at a conference um Mm-mm. it looks nice it's the same price as as the well wait no the snap 51 is like three grand right yeah it's something like oh, that. It's, it's 40 i literally bought two 41s yesterday the 51 is like 4500 and the 41s are 1600 goodness gracious like why not just get the little easy dents for 350 bucks Aside from the fact that you have to do readouts on your phone, which is not ideal. or I mean, you just get a dedicated tablet with some baby bumpers on it. I think that's for my house. I'll get that. But mm-hmm. Coming up with solutions. <laughs> <laughs> Should be a consultant or something. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's no, that's a good idea. I need I need to do something now, especially people that do a lot of contract stuff. Like my facility does a lot of contract stuff. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. you know, it's the handheld is a lifesaver. Little spot checks here and there. Yep. Yep. Do your cuts. Yep, except for when you do like you know syrups and liqueurs and stuff. But I I usually, I honestly, I do the redistillation. But I will before I even do that. Sometimes I'll send it out to one of the universities that has an HPLC that is interested in doing something like that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And it's pretty, it's pretty, they'll give me results. Matter of fact, I owe them an email this week. So that's a clever solution. I bet they do it. They do it for free because they're happy to get real world samples or not. Yeah. Most of the time. I mean, I mail, I built a relationship with one particular university over the pandemic because of, Mm. I had sanitizer. Yeah. I make C of A's for sanitizer, but then, uh, so I just kept on, you know, everyone's interested. Booze is cool, right? I guess it's not really that cool <laughs> now for all of us that have been doing this long enough. It's just a job. Um, that's not true. We all shut your it. mouth. I fucking love every day of this. All right, Brian. I, I do. I do love it too. <laughs> how many? How many people during the pandemic did you see run hand sanitizer through the whiskey one sixty and under column in their monthly reporting? Um, it's a, it's definitely a topic. Um, you know, it's hard to achieve neutral and the specs required neutral and people were in need. And I think some, some non-neutral spirit ended up mixed into, into the hand sanitizer. Yeah. Heads. You were just supposed to make sanitizer with heads. That's what I heard. (laughs) Oopsie ba doopsie. (laughs) That actually is a check, a check mark on the TTB forms is oopsie ba doopsie. So you learned it here, folks. Yeah. I must have yep. missed that column. It's a it's a write-in. It's a write-in. <laughs> it's a write-in. Well, with that, that's a pretty good place to uh, put a pin in this. Zeno, do you want to grunt us out? And... <laughs> uh, final thoughts. Um, why not six by six? <laughs> you know, there are many discussions on the naming conventions here. Is, is it a weekly meeting of what do we change our name to next? It's a daily stand-up. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. I, I this was pretty informative. I mean, Tyler, you uh, you taught me some things. And did I really? Yeah. Well, it's did. been a pleasure. Yeah, you guys are fun. It was upsettingly yeah. educational. So, thank you for elevating yeah. everything we've just done. <laughs> my, I had a much more scandalous expectation. Um, but you seem like a very nice gentleman, and I hate you for it. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, dummies. We'll we'll back at you. Okay. <laughs>